My name is Jürgen Steinmetz. I'm joining you from Livestream.Travel. Our guest today is Paul Hudson. Uh, Paul is an attorney in Washington, D.C., and he is the founder and operates Flyers Rights. We'll be talking about the Boeing Max. Max has been a story in the media now for quite some time after two airlines crashed and killed hundreds of people and blamed as Boeing and a misdevelopment of this aircraft. Is this aircraft safe now? If not, will it ever be safe? What is going on with the MAX? Paul Hudson will shed light on a lot of these issues and also fill in with the fascinating and very tragic history of the Boeing 737 MAX. This session is supported by Rebuilding.Travel. Rebuilding.Travel is an initiative started by this publication and by me, together with Dr. Peter Talo, a safety security expert in Texas, and Dr. Taleb Rifai, the former Secretary General for the UNWTO. Rebuilding.Travel is a global discussion with tourism leaders in 120 countries right now it includes ministers of tourism, but it also includes tour guides and anyone else who is involved in our global business. We're all discussing a way out, a way forward, and Rebuilding.Travel is also behind the Safer Tourism Seal. The Safer Tourism Seal is a recognition and based mostly on self-assessment on businesses and meant for businesses that are reopening the industry and keeping their staff and the, their guests safe. Safer Tourism Seal also has the International Hall of Tourism Heroes. These are people recognized for their work in fighting this virus, parts of our industry, and you can nominate anyone. There's no charge for any of this. And uh, get involved in safertourismseal.com and rebuilding.travel. Enjoy this event. Hi, good afternoon. My name is Jürgen Steinmetz and I'm joining you from Livestream.travel in Honolulu. And uh, with me today is Paul Hudson. He's joining us from Washington, DC. And Paul is an advocate. He's an, he's an attorney and he is um, head of Flyers Rights and organization based in Washington that has helped airline passengers in the United States and around the world uh, to make their voice heard. Paul is also has been involved in the issue we all heard about, about the Boeing MAX, what caused two airlines to crash, one in Indonesia and then one in Ethiopia. And uh, Paul has been following and actually been very active in the development of making the Boeing MAX a more safer plane. Where does this stand, uh, Paul? Well, where, where it stands is that um, the FAA um, has apparently decided they're going to unground the MAX. And uh, we expect the decision uh, to formally come out later this month. Um, and, but unfortunately, um, they're asking the public to take their word for it, that the plane is now safe. 
and the word, of course, of Boeing. And while they've talked about transparency, they are, are unwilling to release any of the technical details of the fix. That is especially the, uh, the software that was the cause of the two crashes. So that it could be viewed and, and it could be vetted by outside experts. They've also um, prevented any release of the actual protocols for the tests, the flight tests and other tests that, that the FAA is presumably do doing and, and, and has done. And finally, they're, they're unwilling to release the actual results of the tests. And um, we also, it's also up in the air as to whether and when pilots will actually be trained uh, to operate the MAC safely if the same kind of conditions occur that resulted in those horrible crashes that, that killed uh, 346 people. Wow. And, and, and this is going on for quite some time. And, uh, and I, I think there are different steps uh, before we even got into pointing the finger at, at Boeing, the fingers were pointed at pilots and at other issues. Can you give us like a rough summary how this all developed? I think it kind of uh, became a very known subject after the second crash in Ethiopia, where Ethiopian Airlines, what is a member of the Star Alliance, uh, reached out and said, no, wait a minute, it's not all us, it's not our pilots. And I can tell you on the sideline, I went to Ethiopia uh, very um, just within a couple of weeks after this crash, and I visited the training facilities um, they're really state-of-the-art facilities Ethiopian Airlines has, and uh, the airline is not only training their own pilot, it's a commercial uh, training facility where they train pilots from all over the world, specifically in Africa. And as far as I know, it's the only such uh, uh, training center in, in Africa. So Ethiopian Airlines is leading, in Africa at least, uh, when it comes to operating a safe airline. And, uh, and, they, and they were really quite outspoken, I think, what triggered all these various investigations after the second crash. Isn't that how it developed, Paul? Well, after the second crash, um, within, uh, within a few days, uh, the MAX was grounded by the FAA, and it was grounded all over the world. Uh, other countries actually uh, grounded at first. The first crash occurred, um, that, that second crash you referred to occurred in March of 2019. The first one, however, was um, October 29th of 2018. And that was uh, in Indonesia. And in that crash, I, I happened to serve on the FAA's uh, main safety uh, committee, advisory committee called the Aviation Rulemaking Advisory Committee. And I, I know the Boeing people for many years, and I immediately asked them, why haven't you grounded the plane? And this is after the October crash. And the answer was, well, it's under investigation. And then they said, well, we're going to fix it in January of 19. Never, nothing, nothing ever happened. And then the plane was reassured that it was safe to fly. And then we had the second crash, same exact scenario. The software basically took over from the pilot 
after a malfunction in, in one of the sensors caused the plane to go up and down. Pilots could not control it. And after about 20 iterations, in both cases, it crashed in one case into the ground, the other case into the ocean, killing everyone. Um, this system was allowed to be put in. Um, it was at least partially hidden from the FAA, particularly its, its, uh, its characteristics that took over from the pilots and made it pretty much impossible for them to control the aircraft. But beyond that, it, it was due to a design flaw in the plane. Um, the 737 uh, was initially approved in 1967. And if you've ever noticed, there's very few things that have been continually um, upgraded without new things being put into them since 1967 whether it's a car, whether it's a plane. But the, the 737 has been so reliable and such a workhorse and such a success financially uh, for Boeing and the airlines that each time they would do a reiteration, they would stretch the plane, they would add things to it, uh, but they didn't want to actually change the plane to where they had to actually certify it as a new plane because that would take that would cost money. It would require more regulation, more approvals. And in the case of the MAX, which is the fourth or fifth iteration of this plane, they were under pressure to get the plane out to compete with an, an Airbus uh, uh, 320neo. Um, as a result, the plane was, was dangerous from the get-go and the problems now have been so um, well noticed that it's taken all this time um, in order for it to be a, at a point where it could be ungrounded. This is really unprecedented. And we actually asked for, uh, through a freedom of information request back in December of last year uh, for the technical details. Um, I had meetings with the people at the top of the FAA to deal with safety, their associate administrator for safety. Uh, and I asked him, well, why is it that the plane cannot operate without this MCAS software that, that takes over when there's a sensor malfunction? And his answer was, well, that's a $64 question. In other words, they didn't know. And now we come down um, well over a year later and the, it turns out the fix is that when a malfunction occurs, the software will shut off, the autopilot will shut off, and the pilot will then have to operate the plane completely manually, which uh, particularly in many foreign airlines, they're not used to doing that. And besides that, these planes are certified to fly over oceans. They can fly for for four, five, six hours. And I've actually flown this plane over the North Atlantic from New York to Ireland. I've flown it from Florida to Panama City, Panama City, uh, well into South America. And if an engine goes out or a malfunction occurs on one of these long distance flights, a pilot would have to operate the plane for hours 
on a total manual basis. Now, as far as I can see, no testing like that has been done. The most they've tested the plane is for two or three hours in, in, uh, in a variety of ways in flight. And these emergency conditions are too dangerous to operate in actual planes. You have to do them in a, in a, in a simulator. It's called a, a full motion simulator. Um, there's only a few of those in the world. And pilots are going to be apparently asked to operate the plane uh, without training. Uh, the, the last proposal of Boeing only called for uh, a 55 minute um, iPad tutorial. And the pilots, the top pilots in the world testified before Congress saying that you have to have what they call muscle memory. In other words, your reaction has to be almost instantaneous within at most a matter of seconds not only for this condition, but for approximately a hundred other emergency conditions. And they're not, they're not able to do that, especially now um, with most of the planes being highly automated and the pilots being uh, under-trained in terms of these emergency conditions. And it's, I'm afraid there's gonna be more accidents if they don't, they don't take care of this. There's not much doubt that they've made the plane safer but I don't think it's been made safe. Um, we're in litigation with the FAA in court, and I expect that uh, it's going to eventually go to the appeal court uh, to be decided um, whether they have to release the details of the fixes uh, for outside evaluation or not. Wow, that's a, that is really an, an incredible story, Paul. And uh, so we're not out of the woods yet. We, we don't know whether this aircraft would really ever hit the markets again. And uh, they, this was one of the best selling aircrafts uh, Boeing had, wasn't it, at the time, from, at least from the order uh, perspective. Yeah, their, their order book had um, uh, four or 5,000 orders. Are they uh, still standing? I'm sorry. <laughs> hundred, hundreds have been canceled. Um, it's not clear that, that how many of those are actually going to happen. And once again, it's ultimately up to the passenger because um, it's not up to Boeing or the FAA. It's not even up to the airlines. If people won't fly the plane and surveys have indicated that somewhere between 20% and 70% of the people say they won't fly the plane. Right. At least in the first few years. And uh, we've had uh, many calls on this when the, when the plane was uh, was uh, after the second crash when it was looked like it was going to be ungrounded, and the number one question was, how do we avoid that bad plane? Right, right. It, uh, it's a fascinating story, and and I'm I'm sure we're going to hear more. You've been working on this now for. Um, two years, I believe you said, when it started in 2000, and you said October 2017, after the yeah, first I was 18, actually. 18, 18, yes, yes, yes. yes. Well, uh, thank you so much, uh, Paul. I wanted to just uh, let everyone know, if you need help um, from Flyers Rights, they have a toll-free number. Um, I'm seeing it here on the website. It's 877-359-3776, or um, it's hard to see here. Uh, 877, is it Flyer 76? That's flyers, 
That's Flyer Six. F L Y E R S Six. You can okay. also email us uh, at at uh, at uh, at hotline at flyersrights.org. Perfect. And uh, you find all of this at flyersright.org as Paul said, and a uh, great organization. You can join it uh, right from the homepage and see all this work, incredible work Paul has been doing over the years. Thank you so much, Paul. And we, we hope we have you uh, back on in one of our podcasts. I know you frequently contribute to eTurbo News and we thank you for this. All your articles so far have been um, very much uh, seen by our audience of travel professionals all over the world and they love it. So keep up the good work and, and stay safe. And you do the same. Wonderful. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank bye you. Bye. Thank you, Paul. Take care. Okay, thanks. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Okay. Sorry, I'm not in a business suit here, but no, we no, no. See. If we do it on podcast, they won't see you anyway. So that's fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. 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 All right. Okay. Perfect. Thank you so much, Paul. It'll be interesting. Okay. All so right. I, I'll uh, hopefully I'll be in Hawaii uh, in in uh, November. Okay. Well, if you do, let me know. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying to get out of here. I haven't. No, I haven't but... had the courage yet. So. <laughs> yeah. Stay safe. All right. You too. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to another edition from Livestream.Travel. We will be back with more updates from eTurbo News soon. If you have any questions or you'd like to be featured in one of our upcoming editions, simply go to Livestream.Travel and click on Contact. For more information on the Travel News Group, publisher of eTurbo News, Hawaii News Online, Travel Wire News, and many others, go to TravelNewsGroup.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back soon.